Welcome to Business Unmuted, thanks to our sponsor Virtue Motors, one of the UK's largest motor retailers, representing some of the world's best manufacturers of cars, vans and motorcycles. Check out its website at virtuemotors.com. I'm Graham Robb and I've owned Recognition PR for nearly 35 years. We've got 75 clients in multiple sectors across the country who have between them a turnover of around £6 billion and employ 30,000 people. So we're at the front line of the business community and perfectly placed to discuss the economic climate. In the studio today, we've Carl Pemberton, the Managing Director of Active Chartered Financial Planners in Stockton and Chair for the Institute of Directors in the Northeast, south of the region. And we also have Melanie Oldham. And Melanie Oldham is an OBE and she's founder and CEO of Bob's Business, which provides e-learning solutions, but she's also a director of the Yorkshire Cyber Security Cluster. More about that later. And down the line, we have Sharon Jandu, director of the Yorkshire Asian Business Association and managing director at Northern Asian Power Policy Think Tank. And she has more than a decade of experience promoting economic achievements of the Asian community in the north of England. Thank you all for joining us. Um, we start a little bit late tonight, but I just wanted to start by just flagging something up. Um, it's uh, the Remembrance Sunday coming up soon. I've decided to not go for a poppy. I've gone for a wristband. Yeah. You've gone for a different type of poppy today. Yeah. It was really, I thought it was really interesting buying a, buying a wristband. You can do different things to donate to that charity this year. You don't have to buy a poppy. There's all sorts of little things that can be sold, and I thought it was quite an interesting way of, of showing remembrance. And I also wanted to give a quick plug to this report. Uh, this report is published by Atkins and also the Northern Powerhouse Partnership and Durham University. And I attended a, a really interesting lunch today. It's called Regional Rebalancing, and it's about levelling up and whether or not the new Rishi Sunak government is going to be committed to the policy of levelling up. He says he is. Let's hope so. Carl, let's start with you in the discussions, though. We've got all sorts of different um, different reports about the state of the economy. Um, and for instance, uh, there was one, uh, the Lloyd's Business Barometer published today, showing Northeast and Yorkshire business confidence down. Um, but you have your own little indicator where you ask a range of businesses in the Northeast what their confidence level is. What are you getting back? Thanks, Graham. Yeah, ours is predominantly in the Tees Valley region as well, not just the northeast. And every survey that we've done so far this year, which is on a quarterly basis, has actually shown a positive indicator about their own personal uh, outlook as well as the region's outlook as the Tees Valley. It's surprising, if I'm honest. Uh, I didn't think it would be as buoyant as it is in Tees Valley. But then, uh, you know, I'm, I'm quite proud that it, that it also is buoyant. And, uh, you know, I think it's fair to say that the country as a whole is feeling a bit wobbly, is probably the politest phrase to say. So for Teesside to be optimistic, I think is a great uh, a, a great sign of the things that are happening, uh, you know, in our area. A couple of points there. That, first of all, you ask people about their own businesses. And I, I think when I've done that with my client base, we've got a lot of clients, people tend to be more optimistic because they know what's happening in their businesses. Yeah. They know what the pipeline of orders is. They know what their staff costs are. They know what their uh, core costs are. And I've, I've noticed more optimism. Yeah. And in the last couple of weeks, I mean, during the disastrous trust prime ministership. People were tearing their hair out. But the last couple of weeks, people around, I've had my business meetings have been a little bit more pragmatic, a little bit more reassured. Interest rates will go up probably, but they're not expecting it to be earth shattering. Inflation was bad, but people are expecting it to come down. 
Yeah, I think, well, our next survey will be in early December, so it'll be really interesting to see the, the findings of those. Um, I've got OCD. If you've got OCD, you like to plan. Yes. Something I often say to all business owners, the better you plan, the more likely you're going to be successful in, in where you want to be. And I think because we've had turbulence throughout much of 2022, it's pretty hard to plan. Yeah. And if you can't plan, people will sit on their hands. They will hold back. They will wait. I think what we've seen in the last few weeks since Rishi's come uh, into position is we have seen a bit of a stabilizing effect. And, you know, that I think everybody was crying out for, because if you can see a bit of stability, you can then see the plan coming back into fruition. So people are more likely to press ahead with what what they had in mind. So This, this is a prime minister. I know him personally, but I, well, I know, know, know him to talk to. And, and he he, I, I'm told that he has Bloomberg Terminal on his desk. You know, he actually does look at the data mm -hmm. and we probably need that OCD approach to the economy at the moment. Yeah, I don't know. He's got to take the right decisions, of course, but uh, how you interpret the data. What do you think will happen? You're, you were in finance, so I suppose it's a bit of a challenge to ask you this, but go on. Tell us what you think will happen to interest rates this week. I think inevitably they will go up. I've always been a bit of a, um, a maverick in saying I don't think they should have been pushed as far as, as they have. I do understand the, uh, the economic um, purpose behind it and the hist history around when inflation gets out of control, the, the best mechanism is to push interest rates up. But I think we're in a bit of a different cycle this time mm. to every time when it's happened previously. So I'm not a big fan of pushing interest rates up. Um, when the government at the same time are also trying to bring in powers to give people more monies in their pocket because it's a bit counterintuitive. True. One cancels the other out and all you're ending up doing is is kicking the can down the road and no one, any, no one wins. Um, so I think it needs to work hand in hand with what government measures I think uh, we, I, My own view is that we were probably in a bit of groupthink last year, either the Bank of England, the Fed in America, they weren't pushing interest rates up when they should have been. And now perhaps we're using the wrong weapons for the current problems. Yeah, and, and statistics do show that interest rates should average around 4 or 5%. And when you look through history, we've had a, a period of 10 years where they've been probably too low. Mm. They should if have gone up far earlier. If interest are. rates are going to be 3%, by the way, I'd like them to be 3% this week. And watching this on the recording, we might know that. But we're, we're doing this live on Wednesday night. But I'd like them to be 3% now. I don't want to be 3% by more salami slicing. Let's get it, let's get it out there. Yeah, but it, it, I do agree with that, but it is going to hurt a lot of people. And yeah. that's sometimes where I think there's this moral dilemma, isn't there, around are we going to actually achieve something by pushing them up really, really quickly? Or are we going to do more damage by hurting people? Let's bring Sharon in from the Yorkshire Asian Business Association. Uh, first of all, Sharon, what was your take on Rishi becoming prime minister from the point of view of the Yorkshire Asian Business Association first? Well, um, I represent um, over 4,000 Asian businesses across the north uh, of England, pr uh, primarily um, uh, situated in, in the Yorkshire region. But we've got a very good, strong footprint in the northeast and the northwest. And it was an absolutely fantastic, a very, very proud moment for the British Asian community. And actually, uh, a really great demonstration of Great Britain being multicultural and really celebrating diversity where the brightest and the best has been selected, regardless of ethnicity. So a fantastic and a very proud moment for all of us. 
Well, I think that that's absolutely right, and I, I I certainly would subscribe to that. Now, tell us about the the community that you you are uh, in business that you are running this membership body for. Um, four thousand. That is a lot of members. That is a lot of people. Um, they have a lot of economic power as well, and 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 can make a difference to how the economy grows. And and uh, you're absolutely right, Graham. What what I found is that the Asian business community tend to get on with what they need to do, and they're not really connected. So the the prime purpose of Yorkshire Asian Business Association, or even Northern Asian Power Group, which is across the north of England, is to really plug into that talent and really use that sort of exposure to connect them with organisations like the Institute of Directors, like the Federation of Small Businesses, mm. like BBI and like main and you know really connect them with the mainstream so that they have access and they are, and they're actually visible as well. We do something called the Northern Asian Power List because the first thing that people say to me is that who are they, where are they, and what do they do? So we um, celebrate the community um, by producing a power list, the top one hundred in um, different categories. So we have businesses, we have women in business, we have thought leaders, we have community. And we produce that every year. Tell me what you think then about the economy. We've just heard Carl talking about interest rates. Clearly, in the next 24 hours from when we're recording this, we'll know what the interest rates are. What do you think would be a good result as far as the Bank of England's decision is concerned? Well, I have the benefit of attending a Bank of England citizenship panel meeting last night. So the regional agent um, was was in that meeting, um, as was um, a couple of other of the members of the um, FPC. So um, I think it's inevitable uh, interest rates will go up, um, and I think um, you know Carl's quite right. Um, it will um, it will impact on the business community. However, we were expecting it because it's the only way that inflation can be controlled. Um, and I think the, the point that Carl made around you know it will impact. The community. I think for the vulnerable community, um, having a higher inflation would have more of a devastating impact. So it's the only way really to stabilise and to get things uh, back on track, which is what we need. Look, we're going to just leave the detail of the economy now and talk about something a little bit different. Joining me in the studio is Melanie Oldham, LBE. Now, Melanie, it's great to talk to you because you, you've got something very special that you're running in Yorkshire, the Yorkshire uh, Cyber Security Cluster. Tell us about that and why this is so important for our economy and, and, and the way in which our businesses do business. Yeah, absolutely. So the Yorkshire Cybersecurity Cluster is a, a network of, of people with a vested interest in cybersecurity. So in that, you have cybersecurity professionals that are holding down roles uh, within large organisations and likewise small organisations. Then you have the providers of cybersecurity product services and those that are looking to try and reskill and get greater in there. Because we know that from a, a skills perspective, there's a real shortage when it comes to cybersecurity talent. You were talking about Ukraine. Yeah. Tell us the impact of Ukraine. Yeah, so when you look at the sort of examples of what's happening over over there is before sort of things broke out there, there were a number of cybersecurity attacks and those attacks were on the national infrastructure. And when you think about what we have in terms of the business community is you're thinking about the supply chain and how things are happening. So there was a sort of attack on the media group. There was attack on, as I say, some of the suppliers to the national infrastructure. I think there were 65 attacks sort of in the week leading up to that, yes. I think between the end of in the last week of March, which drastically impacted the way that operations were happening on the ground, which meant their ability to then defend off the physical attack was was also really really sort of impacted so i think you know 
although organisations sort of see that small businesses, what, what, why would they come for me? It's thinking about the impact and the disruption on the, on the wider network, especially when it comes to supply chain. Um, so what from a cybersecurity perspective, especially in, in this region, so Scarborough Council are one of the actually sort of forerunners when it comes to trying to look at building a cybersecurity cluster to be able to protect their OT, so their operational technology, uh, which is obviously a large part of manufacturing in the region. And the reason this is so important is because a lot of the operational technology and manufacturing use old technologies. And so therefore, as things are moving to, to cloud delivery and as things are moving to the more things being online, it means that actually they can be attacked from anywhere, any location. So it's not looking at your adversaries as being somebody local. It can very much be people overseas who are using you, know, you as an access point. And they are taking it seriously. I've got a note here that they started with nearly a quarter of a million pounds pilot project to look at how the, this cybersecurity initiative can be, be rolled out. And if, in, in rolling it out, it, it is about, I suppose, educating everyone, small businesses like my own and maybe Carl's, to make sure we take uh, attention. And people in leadership, look at the, the Home Secretary using using her, her phone from the back of the car to send emails and not thinking. Absolutely. So what you're talking about, a couple of things there is, from a, a business point of view, one of the things that we're not doing that we should be doing more is reporting. So, you know, it's argued that 43% of small businesses are actually attacked, which on the cybersecurity space, it's because they have less security controls in place. It's because they're easier to attack, whereas some of the larger organisations have higher level of defences. So when we're talking about why would people attack small businesses, it's because they are sort of roots mm. into larger organisations in that supply mm. chain. So you have 43% that are more likely to be attacked. We have an increase in attacks from... Um, sort of voice hacking, so where people are actually going into email systems and pretending to be somebody else and affecting everything when it comes to invoicing and financing. And we're not reporting. So what we're not doing as a community is sharing information. Well, I've had that happen to me. I Probably you've had it happen to you when someone's spamming your email and pretending to be you. Yeah. How do you go about reporting it? I've got to admit, I, I've not reported mine for years. Yeah. So, well, there's there's much functionality that's now come out from the National Cybersecurity Centre, NCSC. have got a real push to this for actually being able to flag and report phishing emails. So there's an ability to actually forward that directly through to NCSC now, which is on their website. And what's, what's really important there, as I say, of those 43% that have been attacked fewer than that are reporting it so what's not happening is we're not actually able to get a picture and the more people that report the greater the picture and the quicker we can arm our, arm our defences and actually put up our barriers to protect ourselves so a lot can be learned from Ukraine where certain attacks especially when it comes to ransomware that are going out there that are happening and with that information we can then work out what do we need to implement from a technical solution point of view from an education point of view which is fundamentally the biggest point as we say 85% of information security breaches are down to human interaction and what we do yes. so actually educating mm. the people is arguably more important than actually trying to secure the systems because people are the are the route into those those networks so what we can do mm. from an educational point of view and understanding that actually it doesn't always come from a business perspective it may come from a personal email or a friend of a friend so it's actually understanding that actually because we're now all working from home the the increase in attacks for home workers has increased the other thing is that there are not very many high visibility prosecutions it doesn't look like the police, the government, is able to 
point to punishment. It almost looks like a punishment-free crime rather than a victimless crime. Yeah, because it's, it's so resource-intensive and when we think about the volumes and the quantities and actually being able to identify, which is why, to be honest with you, yes, there is there is punishment, but actually are we better off putting that money, that time, that resource into preventative measures than actually looking to, you know, to, to prosecute? Well, we've got three people on our programme today who are each from different organisations where there's a voluntary element. And now the Yorkshire Asian Business Association, where do people want to get in touch with you if, if, if they want to join? What, have you got a website, uh, Sharon? Yes, we have. Uh, www.yabauk.com. And hopefully people will join because you've got strength in numbers and strength in the power of your economic offering as well. Institute of Directors, people can join and there's a small joining fee and then it's about £500 a year, isn't it? It is. And uh, again, the website, um, just Google Institute of Directors and uh, the website's actually recently been overhauled it's very fresh it's very new modern modern facing which is obviously what the iod is looking to to uh, appeal to moving forward so uh, yeah you'll correct. find all the information on that and manly you've provided some very interesting insight into the issue can we find out more on the internet is there a site to go to yeah absolutely so the ycsc have a sort of obviously the linkedin pages the network pages the websites and it's about connecting with your local group and and sharing best practice information so please yeah do reach out and that that is the yorkshire cyber security cluster yes thank you very much melanie thank you carl thank you sharon for joining us on business unmuted there'll be more at the same time next week <laughs>